Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Tonight, we're in part two of our new series, The Anointing. Get ready because this power-packed message of empowerment is coming to you right now. The scripture talks about how God anointed the church with power and the church started out with power. And I want to say unequivocally that the generation of that or the dispensation that we call the dispensation of grace is also a dispensation of power. This is one of the greatest dispensations that have ever occurred in the unfolding of the destiny of humanity. And we are a part of one of the most powerful uh, dispensations that have ever been uh, 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 manifested in the earth realm. So this is a generation of powerful individuals. This is a generation of empowered believers, believers who understand that they are not waiting on God, that God is waiting on them for them to understand that they are not powerless. They are not powerless to solve problems. They are not powerless to go into leadership. We have every bit of power that God has ever uh, bequeathed upon the church available to us on demand. Our greatest challenge is not to procure uh, uh, the power that we need. Our greatest challenge is to convert Christians into believers that understand that they already have this power. We don't have to pray to be empowered. We just need to activate the power that God has given us. Luke says that God has given us power over all the power of the enemy. The Bible says in the book of Timothy that God has given us power over our emotions. The book of Deuteronomy says God has given us power to get wealth. And if we have received it, it means that this should be the generation where we see the greatest number of wealthy Christians that have ever uh, uh, graced the earth. We are wealth creators and wealth is not limited to money. And this is one of the things that we have to get out of the believer's head. That when we talk about getting power to get wealth, it is not relegated to just money. Wealth is, is influence. If you have a whole lot of influence, you're wealthy. Wealth is about gaining networks. If you have a whole lot of networks, you're wealthy. If you have a good wealth reputation, you are wealthy. 
wealthy. There are so many different aspects of wealth, but this, this means that once you finish this particular teaching and this particular series, you should be awake. You should wake up every single woman decreeing I'm powerful because God has given us Power from on high. Let's look at the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 18. Acts 2 verses 1 to 18. The Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. They were unified. I've discovered just because people are in one place, it doesn't mean that they're in one mind. And just because people come together, it doesn't mean that they're working together. I decree and declare every individual that has been called to do life with you, to work with you, to undergird you, there is going to be a spirit of unity upon you until each joint supplies. I rebuke the spirit of conflict and confusion. I rebuke the spirit of disunity. I decree and declare that uh, that that Psalm 133 is going to 133 is going to be the characteristic of every individual that works with you and that works for you and those that works against you will be driven away by reason of the anointing that God is placing upon you. On the day of Pentecost through an act of obedience the Bible said they were all in one place and they were all in one accord there was unity and two verse number two and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. The anointing will give you supernatural utterance. You will begin to speak the mysteries of heaven. You will begin to tap into the mind of God and you will be able to download fresh ideas, fresh ideology, fresh philosophies, fresh solution, fresh strategies by reason of the anointing. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were anointed and the anointing became the catalyst for them to begin to speak supernaturally and speak the mysteries concerning the kingdom and verse number five says and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout man out of every nation under the heaven and this is a caveat a Jew is not just a person with olive skin dark hair straight noses and a whole lot of money you've got Jews that don't have olive skin you've got Chinese Jews African Jews Jews from every nation and they represented the nations every nation under the heaven and at that particular time Time, the world was divided into 16 nations which is described here in chapter 6 now when this was noised abroad the multitude came together they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language now this was not speaking in tongues that uh, or a heavenly language they were supernaturally anointed and immediately they had access to the gift of tongues now the gift of 
tongues that is spoken of in the book of Corinthians has to do with a known language somewhere in the earth where an individual receives an anointing. They have never studied it, never learned it, but because of the anointing and because of a diversity of nationalities that perhaps did not understand their native language, that person began to speak fluently in a language that they had never learned. And so this anointing had to do with some known language in the earth that the disciples or the apostles had never learned themselves. And this was, this was so profound that it caused uh, those other Jews to be confounded. How is this happening and how is this possible? It is possible even as God said to uh, Zerubbabel, it's not by your might, it's not by your spirit, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, heaven will begin to superimpose itself upon your flesh, upon your mind, upon your intellect, and pull out of you things that you never thought you were able to do, never thought you were able to understand, never thought you were able to perform. And it is so exciting to know that God has given us the anointing, this kingdom technology that puts us on the edge. You have to understand that God wants to give you the competitive advantage and the competitive and put you on the competitive edge. When you understand you are not just the edge, you are the edge. You are not just on the edge, you are the edge. And when God places you on the edge, people will turn around and wonder, how are you doing this thing? And you would definitely be able to give God glory by saying, I never studied it. I never went to school to do this thing. It's got to be something supernatural. And those of you that have a passion for specific things and you have never been to school, as long as you're anointed, hallelujah. God will give you the ability to do what you have never been able to explain before because you're not educated to do it. You're not trained to do it, but God will give you an understanding. God will give you the unction. God will give you the power to perform things that he, that you would, would, would normally say it is impossible for me to do it. I'm not qualified to do it. I never knew I can do it and I can name a number of individuals that have never gone to school, hallelujah, to do engineering, but they're the top in their game. I could, I remember there are many uh, individuals that cannot even read music, but yet uh, they, they are on, on demand now, and they everyone house has a music score, but somehow God anoints them to sing every note, to sing it in the proper tempo, the timing, to sing it in the perfect key and God is about to give you perfect pitch in your industry. I recognize that per perfect pitch, hallelujah, belongs in the music industry, but I decree and declare you are going to have perfect pitch socially, perfect pitch spiritually, perfect pitch uh, financially, perfect pitch economically, perfect pitch financially. You are going to be on the money as a, as a figure of speech because God is raising you 
you up and anointing you to be an influencer. And you cannot be an influencer if people don't know your name. And what God is going to do, he's going to anoint you and he's going to bring you out of obscurity. And when he places you there, you should not be nervous to succeed there. You should not be nervous about opening your mouth. The Bible said in the day that you're delivered, God will fill your mouth. You're going to open your mouth and he's going to fill it and he's going to fill it with wisdom because the anointing is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit is upon you and when the Holy Spirit is operating you, you have access to what? Isaiah 11 clearly describes, he said, these are the characteristics of an anointed person and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and might, counsel, knowledge, understanding, reverential fear, prophetic insight, and you will not judge by the seeing of your eye or the hearing of your ear. You will make judgment based on the wisdom of God. That means that each individual that is anointed, you are going to have wisdom on demand. You are going to have understanding on demand. You will not know how you understand it. All you know is that this just makes sense. And it's only going to be because the anointing of God has been exercised and you are exercising this heavenly technology. The Bible said that they began to speak and every man from these different countries heard in their own language and they were all amazed and marveled get ready God is going to put put amazing back into your life people are no longer going to say what they're going to say wow they're no longer going to say whoa they're going to say wow God is going to put the wow back in your life and you are going to bring the wow factor to everything that you do you are going to write the best books and people are going to say wow you are going to dance the most amazing dances and the people are going to say wow you are going to confound everyone in your industry and they're going to wonder how you became so amazing you became amazing when the anointing of God hallelujah was placed upon your life and you allowed the anointing of God to find expression in your life the Bible said in verse number 7 they were all amazed and marvel get ready for an amazing life everything about you is going to be amazing you are going to have an amazing marriage you are going to raise amazing children your son is going to be amazing your daughter is going to be amazing your wife is going to be amazing your 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 husband is going to be amazing your ministry is going to be amazing your books are going to be amazing your sermons are going to be amazing you are going to do amazing things for government. You are going to do amazing things in government. You are going to do amazing things as an actress. You are going to do amazing things as an actor. You are going to do amazing things as a scientist. You are going to do amazing things as an educator. You are going to do amazing things for your community and nation as a politician. You are going to do amazing. You are not only going to do amazing, you're going to to dress amazing. People are going to say, there goes an amazing person. You're going to drive an amazing car. 
You were going to live in amazing uh, uh, neighborhood. Everything about you is going to be amazing and people are going to marvel and you are going to point to heaven. And they said, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, hallelujah, Galileans. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. You are going to blow some people's mind. This is what it means to go into all the world to preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the father in the name of the son in the name of the holy ghost that word baptism or baptize comes from a greek word baptizo which means not only to immerse in water but to overwhelm with it means that people are going to watch god work through you they're going to watch you do these amazing things they're going to take a deep breath put their hands over their mouth and you will have to wait for them and to exhale because they're not going to be able to exhale like they normally do because you are going to knock the wind out of them with the level of your performance with the level of your intelligence with the level of your strategy with the level of your wisdom the bible said they marveled in verse number nine it clearly states where these individuals were from they were parthenians they were that means they were from a ran they were Medes, they were from Iraq they were Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, that's Ham's children they were Africans and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus, these are some of the parts of the Europe uh, Europe. they were from Asia of course you've got the, the Asians which are India and China and, and Singapore and all over there and they were from Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt, we know Egypt, where Egypt is from they were parts of Libya serene and strangers from uh, Rome that of course is over Europe and they were Jews and proselytes they were Cretes and Arabians we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wondrous works of God 16 nations were impacted by this one single event and the Bible said they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another what meaneth this others mocking saying these are men are full of new wine but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem be this known unto you and hearken to my words for these are not drunk as you suppose seeing it is but the third hour of the day but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last day saith God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. This is not coming out of the spirit of man, but it's coming out of the spirit of God. He said, I'm going to take a piece of myself and I'm going to place it on and in humanity. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy now the day of 
Pentecost was more than just a visitation of the Holy Spirit upon 120 individuals who in, in an act of obedience tarried and waited for the promise of the Father or the manifestation as the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It was a significant event because this would mark the birth of the church as prophesied by Jesus. And you've got to remember that the church, a part of the DNA of the church is the prophetic because the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophet. And when we look at this particular scripture and we tie it all the way back to Joel chapter 2, we understand that the DNA of the church is not just apostolic, it's the prophetic and prophecy brings us into the realm of God's glory and God said that God is going to fill the whole earth with his glory like waters cover the sea and we are literally going to see believers hallelujah surrounded and shrouded by God's glory much like Moses when Moses was commanded to fulfill his assignment in the midst of a new um, nation that had just been birthed out of slavery he said I will not go unless your glory goes with me and he said he asked God he said God show me your glory and when Moses dwelt in the glory of God the radiance of God came upon his face God is getting ready to give the church a facelift God is going to restore the radiance of his glory back to the church glory speaks of power glory speaks of wealth glory speaks of the abiding presence of God and this is the generation that is pressing into the anointing of God and the presence of God until people look at us and they begin to say there is something different about us there is something different you are radiating a different kind of energy there is something different about your spirit we are going to literally be anointed hallelujah until we see the spirit of every believer as as refined as an ambassador God is restoring the refinement of the spirit of every believer so that when we walk out we, we act like God we look like God and our very deportment and our character and our nature will be godly I decree and declare that God in this season is restoring hallelujah glory back to the church and every time you raise your hands in service every time you raise your hands in your house every time you raise your hand in prayer every time you raise your hand in worship and you shout the word glory glory will be manifested in your life people will begin to see the glory and the power of God manifested in your life. I release the glory of God today. I release it in your house. I release it in your ministry. I release it in your life. I release it in your children. I release it in your business. Somebody shout glory. When Moses dwelled in the glory of God, this amazing supernatural radiance came upon his face. When we talk about a face, the face is symbolic of a reputation. I decree that your reputation is so strong 
that is lighting, your name alone is lighting up uh, social media. People just want to know who you are. And it's, I believe that in the days to come, I'm telling you, God is going to do some great things. You are not going to need a PR specialist. The Holy Spirit himself is going to be your PR specialist. You are not going to have to promote your name. God is going to announce your coming as he fills you with his glory. God is restoring the radiance back to the church. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. The Bible said the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And so the Bible again says that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. When we talk about that day of Pentecost, it was a significant event. And it was a significant event because it was the manifestation of a prophecy. Not only that, it was a, not only a significant event, it was a relevant event. Now, it, it was significant because uh, the prophet had prophesied, Jesus had prophesied, and now here was the manifestation of prophecy, and it was being manifested, so it was significant. But just because something is significant, it doesn't mean that it's relevant. See, you see, the church has lost our relevance. What we are doing is very significant. It's always significant. But we are not invited around the tables anymore because what we're doing is no longer relevant. And what God is doing, he's upgrading. How did it become, he's upgrading us. How did it become relevant? It became relevant because that move of God impacted nations. It was a move that went beyond the four walls of the church. Is what we're doing, preaching today. Are people inviting us around the table? Are people looking for us? Are people um, uh, interviewing us? Are, are we showing up on CNN? Are we showing up in magazines? Are, are, are non-believers inviting us around the table? We want to make sure that what we are doing is not just significant, but it's also relevant. Then my next part, that day of Pentecost, when the anointing came in the room and filled the room, shifted the atmosphere, and then also impacted nations, it, it, we recognize that this was not only a supernatural or a um, significant move and a relevant move, it was also a sovereign event. Sovereignty has to do with uh, how God displays or reveals his nature or character. And his sovereignty says, I could do whatever I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, who I want to do it with. It was a sovereign event because it wasn't instigated by a deacon. It wasn't inst instigated by a denomination. It was instigated by God himself. And it was not only a significant and relevant and sovereign event, it was a supernatural event. And this is important because the setting of the supernatural was to be expected in the church once the church was inaugurated. So you couldn't find a church where there was not a supernatural move of God. 
So that means that the supernatural is fundamental to the early church and therefore should be fundamental to us. Why? Because the church began supernaturally. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. It grew supernaturally. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 41. It was sustained supernaturally. It progressed supernaturally. It prospered supernaturally. And it, it, and it, and it continued supernaturally. Everything they did was supernatural. And so the, this move of God, the outpouring of the anointing was a supernatural event that started the church. It was also a sudden event. It was sudden to the observers, but not those that were the catalyst. So they had been in the upper room, uh, 120 of them, uh, praying out, crying out, worshiping. And this is the difference between a prophetic process and the prophetic manifestation. Most of us are in a prophetic process. And if you don't understand how the process goes, it's easy to abort it because it's, it, it's like driving in traffic when there's a traffic jam. And you, you, you show up at work late and you say to your boss, who's always early, I was in a traffic jam and they still want to know what took you late. What, why are you late? And why didn't you show up? It is because he was not in the same process as you. He cannot appreciate what it took for you to get to work. Now, when it comes to people observing your life, you are going to be in a process. But once God gets through with you, people are going to say all of a sudden. Because they're not a part of that process. All of a sudden, suddenly in scripture is sudden for the observer, but not for the individual that he's preparing for that level of exposure. So when God wants to expose you and promote you, you have to stay in the process. It's easy for us to look at the Bible and to understand the ways of God and how God works, but it's hard when he begins to work sovereignly in you to prepare you for the inevitable. This is one of the reasons my book, Hello Tomorrow, is going to be important. Because it's going to help you to connect with the mind of God so that he can give you the strategy that can get you from point A to point B. He'll show you where you're going to be five years from now, ten years from now, and it's all heavy lifting. But it's going to give you the ability to make solid decisions. I had a conversation with my niece. She's young. She's, she's um, 19 years old. She's studying in Europe. And she's studying finances. And I called her and I said, you know, I recognize that you're an adult and you're making decisions for yourself. But what I would like to do is for you to give me permission to help you in your decision-making process. Where do you see yourself at 30? Where do you see yourself at 40? Because what we have to do, we have to begin to pray and ask God to give you the strategy to get there so that every year of your life from 19 to 20, 21, 22, 23, till you're 30, you are making wise decisions. It means that she has to be in a process that gets her to 30. 
Now, I remember being 19, 18, 17, thinking that 30 was old, thinking that 40 was old, thinking that 50 was old. But now I've been processed through that. I'm looking back in hindsight and looking retrospectively at my life to be able to say, what kind of wisdom can I give to the next generation, the, the millennials that are coming up? And so many people in my generation keep all their trade secrets to their chest or to their small network or to their inner circle. But my assignment really is to undergird not just this generation, but the next generation so that they don't have to make the mistakes that we made out of ignorance. We made a lot of mistakes out of ignorance. We made mistakes because we didn't have the right type of mentorship, the right type of coaching, and it's not uh, uh, throwing shade on a previous generation. It's just that we were not there yet in terms of our growth, our development, in terms, in terms of our understanding of the revelation that God was downloading. But this is the generation. My generation is responsible now for providing the mechanism that that makes the uh, this generation that is coming up more accountable for their gifts, their talent, their character, to be able to challenge them at the next level because you can be gifted and arrive at a point of influence but lose it overnight if you don't deal with character issues. And character issues mean someone has to, has to put pressure on you to perform at another level, to live at another level. And we don't have, to be quite frank, we don't have enough accountability mechanisms out there uh, where people that we recognize really believe in us, have a relationship with us, able to speak to our potential and challenge us to hone skills and maximize potential. And to be quite frank, it takes an anointing. It takes an anointing, and this is why the apostles were important in the development of the progress of the first church. God anointed them and then began to reveal to them what their responsibility was so that it brought stability to the church for which we are a part of now. Now, this sudden event, it was sudden to the observer because all of a sudden there was this new power surge. And so I am decreeing that there is going to be a new power surge in your life. And there's going to be a power surge in the church. And there's going to be a power surge within your industry and ministry and calling. And you're going to be the most powerful you have ever been. And when people see you, a part of your personal brand is going to be powerful. They're going to say many things about you, how you live, how you walk, how you talk, how amazing you are. But one of the words that they're going to use is powerful. They're going to say, there goes a powerful man. There goes a powerful woman. What they just said was powerful. I decree a new power surge is, is being released upon you today. And you are going to know it because you're going to wake up feeling more powerful than you have ever felt before. Now, this event was sudden. It was relevant because every man heard in his own language. And it was a watershed moment. It was a watershed event because 16 nations was impacted as humanity was shifted from the dispensation of law to the dispensation of grace. And the anointing was the salient feature of this shift. We had a power shift, but we had a dispensational shift that happened the first day 
the anointing of God was manifested on this church. And can you imagine where we could have been if that anointing had been sustained? We know the anointing was taken for granted. How do we know? Because now the upper room is no longer a place of power. It is now a tourist attraction. And I'm decreeing that the anointing will always remain fresh upon you so that people are not going to be talking about what you did. They're going to be talking about what you're doing. I decree relevance is coming back to your life as you receive the anointing today. And finally, as we come to a conclusion in our first uh, lesson on the anointing, in this particular text, we read about a Hebrew people that were coming from around, or the Hebrew nation, that were coming from around the world to celebrate Pentecost, which looked back at a moment in history where God overnight took a nation from being despised and marginalized and oppressed and overnight released them to become one of the most powerful nations in the world. God called them Hebrew and he raised up Hebrews and he raised up Moses who was anointed as their first leader. The word Moses means to draw out and God chose him to be the deliverer of the Hebrew nation whose time has come. He was given a challenge to stabilize this nation of people who with their newfound freedom and power demanded structure, demanded protocol, demanded laws, demanded pub public policies, demanded branding so that they could build an infrastructure that would sustain their destiny as a superpower amongst nations. And the Bible said that in a defining moment, they had to cross over to possess the promised land that was Canaan. And the word Hebrew is interesting. It, it, it's from this uh, uh, a Hebrew word, Ibri, which means the one from beyond or the one from the other side. And it connotes a crossing over. The anointing of God that is coming upon the church in this generation is going to cause us to cross over. There's going to be no uh, discernible dichotomy between what we do in the church and how we live in the world. Right now we see that dichotomy, but we're getting ready to cross over. And we're getting ready to cross over to take our place amongst the great, to fulfill the covenant of greatness that God made with Abraham, the first Hebrew and the first Jew, who represented those of us in this dispensation who have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son, a kingdom of marvelous light. This is the insight that God is bringing back to the church. That means that God released this man with a, a specific anointing to cause a paradigm shift, to bring them into freedom, freedom from fear of their oppressor, freedom from a slavery mentality and it allowed them to take their place as a superpower in this earth. 
God is releasing a power surge, but he's going to give you superpowers. He's going to give you the superpower of the anointing. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Father and God, as we introduce this topic of the anointing, we pray that you would give us a revelation that will catapult us into new realms of power so indeed we can be uh, atmosphere changers, culture changers, and solution bringers to our families, to our communities, to our industries, to our government, to our profession, to our disciplines, that we indeed will be used in the last days until the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Let the church say amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.